are horror films good for us? Or is there something intrinsically corrupting about them? And how could we tell the difference? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual and the only cult that wants you to think more, not less. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, professional scaredy cat, and with me as always is my ferociously friendly co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and uh, in line with yours, someone who... Oh yeah, is, yeah. Someone who imagines himself, himself in scenarios um, in which I'm the hero and defeat all the bad guys. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That is that is my uh, talent today. That's it. Yes, you you are a, a fantasy hero. Yeah, exactly. I, I for, since I've been a kid, I imagine I go to bed and I'll just lay in bed thinking of all the ways I could beat up all the bad guys and save the day. That I think do you know what that's called? What? Being a male. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I don't stop there. I don't stop like when I finish the fight. I go on to you know. Jimmy Fallon going. So what? Was <laughs> what thoughts went through your head? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, all of the interviews. <laughs> all of the interviews afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, believe me, we will have to compare like fantasy hero moment stories. Oh yeah, and that goes right in line with what we're talking today. Oh, good segue. We love your segues. Uh, yes, today we are asking the question whether Christians should watch horror films. Mm. And just asking about the redemptive aspects of horror films in general, I suppose. Should we take Should part we? in these things that are so largely based around, I mean, the words in it, horror. Horror, yes. So in recent years, horror films have had something of a resurgence. Films like Get Out, The Purge, and then we'll talk about The Purge, The Invisible <laughs> Man, have combined horror movie thrills with biting social commentary. Some people actually dubbing this a new genre, social horror resulting in big box office returns and new universal critical acclaim in many cases. But the popularity of horror films is nothing new. Horror films, along with another genre, faith-based films, have two of the highest returns on investment, or ROI, in the film industry. Social commentary is also nothing new to horror films, with movies like The Night of the Living Dead and Rosemary's Baby inspiring a wealth of commentary on the black and female experiences, respectively. However, Christians are sometimes nervous about affirming or promoting the watching of horror films because of the focus those films put on the object of fear and the concern that the focus encourages an unhealthy fascination with evil. Nathan Clarkson, mm. as somebody who is very open about the fact that he is both a Christian and loves horror films, I look forward to your completely unexpected response to answer <laughs> to this question. Do you think that Christians and people of goodwill should watch horror films? Yes and no. Ooh, I'm so, complicated. So it's interesting. I'm, when, when anyone brings up the subject, does anyone like horror films? I'm always hesitant to say yes. First of all, I do. I really enjoy scary movies. I enjoy suspense movies. I enjoy horror movies. But that comes with huge caveats, and I think sure, we're going to yeah. get into all of those. But um, interestingly enough, and I have to drop this just at the top. Yeah, you do. I know. So, but uh, I, I kind of got my acting career started in, quote-unquote, horror, scary, suspense movies. Tell me, what is the horror film that you are in? <laughs> well, actually, I was in a few, but my very first part in a movie, in a real, in a real, real movie, 
um, was The Purge. And, uh, what? Yeah, you haven't told this story I've never before. Told you, yeah, I've never told you. This is brand new news to all of my friends. Uh, but you can go look for me. You probably won't recognize me because I'm wearing a mask the entire time. I'm the guy with the axe and the trench and the trench coat and the gun. Uh, real family-friendly Christian stuff right there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but after that, I was in movies um, like The Veil, which is also another Blumhouse uh, film about cult. Um, and then not too long ago, I was in the now critically acclaimed um, first Christian horror movie, really, called Thy Neighbor. <laughs> so, is that critically acclaimed <laughs> <laughs> it's won a lot of awards and actually finally we just uh, i just got an award for best ensemble cast wow. at like a very prestigious horror festival so you have this christian film that deals with scariness and, and that's and, hilarious yeah so it's really so all to say horror films but in, but before that i have memories of growing up with my friends uh you know sneaking out of the basement and getting a pg-13 movie at blockbuster yep, yep, yep. and a scary one Yep. And you go down there and you watch these scary movies and you freak yourself out. And uh, so I, I think it started there. And then obviously it carried on into my career. Um, but it's only now or, you know, in the past little while as I become an adult that I've started to kind of look and see, well, is this a good thing? Sure. Because I think a lot of, like you said, a lot of Christians have this very hesitant uh, arm's length um, uh, approach to horror movies because to be honest, I, I understand why they do. Very many horror movies are obsessed with evil and darkness and the macabre and uh, and and kind of the perverse nature of violence sure. uh, that a lot of horror movies um, uh, show. And I do think, on on their behalf, I will say that yes, those are inc- very a lot of horror movies are incredibly unhealthy to set your appetite around, to spend time watching, to let your kids watch. Sure. These are movies that are obsessed with violence. Um, it's kind of a pornography of yeah. violence very often. And I think it's a really unhealthy unhealthy thing. The verse that always comes to my head is, uh, whatever is true, honest, just, good, set your mind on these things. Right. And very often these horror films are the opposite of that. Right. They want you to spend time focusing on the thing that is evil and scary and yes. perverse. And, yeah. and I think there's something in us that wants to approach those in a safe right. way, these terrible, terrible things that could happen. We want to see right. the depths of humanity and perverseness because it's interesting to us. Wait, right. humans could do this. What does this happen? We like the what if right. questions, all these kind of things. But ultimately, I think there are really some damaging um, uh, movies out there that if you spend your time uh, on, they, it can have an effect on your mind sure. and your soul and your heart. That being said... I do think that scary movies can actually be incredibly effective for sharing truth, dealing with fear, mm-hmm. showing the reality of conquering our darkness and mm-hmm. conquering evil. Um, it, you know, I'd be remiss not to say that Peter Jackson, who directed Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. mm. uh, Lord of the Rings, one of the most beloved movies, yeah. and especially in the Christian community, yes. because it's such a clear representation of goodness versus evil. Right. Uh, and, you know, obviously the author was a, a, a faithful man, and they hired Peter Jackson, who is a who was a yeah. horror, exclusively horror director. Right. And he directed Lord of the Rings in such a beautiful way, and I think one of the reasons was is because he knew how to portray uh, light and dark, right. goodness and evil, um, and light triumph over dark. And so that's why I think he actually was a great director. So I do think that there are some benefits to scary slash horror movies um, with the caveat that yes, a good many of them are incredibly unhealthy. So it's a really, it's a really nuanced genre. Nuance. We don't like nuance here. No. So 
I think you're, you're absolutely right. I, I totally agree, which will make this a really oh, amazingly fascinating podcast. To say <laughs> you know, I think that in a sense, the question is like, should Christians or should people watch horror films is the wrong question, which I know is ironic because I thought up the question, but (laughs) it's the title of the episode. episode. Yeah. But um, the real question is, should Christians watch something that glorifies evil? Mm. And because there are horror films that do that and there are horror horror films that don't do that. And there are non-horror films that also do that. Like there are romantic comedies that glorify evil. You know, there, there are things. And I think that when you're looking at the, horror films like there is a there's a way to do horror films which is showing you something scary and horrifying and portraying it as something scary and horrifying as a means to the end of glorifying something good you know because the horror is not the thing it's the thing you're scared of it's the thing you don't want it's the thing to conquer that's why you know again you know the reason that you know Peter Jackson was able to do such a good job at Lord of the Rings was he knew how to portray evil really well and how scary yeah. it was. And I remember being scared as a kid with some of these really, but yeah. I think that added to the reality yeah. of evil. Because like I mean, Sauron is supposed to be scary. The Nightmare is supposed to be scary, because and that's the reality of what evil is like. And so I mean, one of the things I'll give an example. You know, um, the Halloween franchise in both the I've only seen the first one and the new reboot. I haven't seen, but but one of the big messages of there is it's about idyllic communities who don't actually believe that evil is real, mm. being confronted with the the horror of 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 actual evil. I mean, like the new one, like it basically he goes on and he can like you. Know, there's some like you know hipster podcasters who want to. Uh, who wants to? Oh, no. Inter- oh, no, yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, we're, we're, who want to go to interview him. It's like, oh, he's a fascinating, but they don't mm-hmm. actually respect him as someone evil who can harm them. And there's a psychologist who's interested in him and understanding him, and ends up becoming like him. And so there's different things of, and so a lot of these horror films can actually say, look, this is what evil is. And that's one thing Christians care about is recognizing that evil is real and it needs to be confronted. And so there's that way of doing horror films. There's also a way of doing horror films that. And it also you know, gives you that sort of cathartic pleasure of, I'm scared of something, how do I deal with the fear? But there's another way of doing horror films, which is makes the horror the thing to be celebrated. Yes. It's like, we wish we were the serial killer. We want to... We're like, clapping when someone dies. Precisely. We're laughing when someone gets tortured. Right, exactly. Or, or any, you know, and we want to, you know, engage in the sexual violence. That's another thing is a lot of the violence is very highly sexualized yeah. in these in these two. And so it becomes an issue of like, which horror films are you talking about? And how do you discern what kind of horror film it's going to be and whether or not it's worth watching? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the also caveat is sometimes it is worth as a Christian watching something for the purpose of critiquing it like if you're a film critic or something like that sure. or of, of being able to recommend films to other people so i'm not sort of talking about that right now more we're more talking about is it something that's intrinsically edifying yeah to, a steady diet exactly a steady diet your, a lot of time soul and heart it's interesting to me as you talked about this a little bit earlier especially the opening that the, the study came out a while ago that the the two genres of yeah. film that have the best return on investment yeah are Christian films and horror films. Yes. Christian films obviously be known known for their over um, their over cleanliness and goodness and family right, friendly right. values, and horror be known known for its over sexuality and violence that is and, and disgust and perverseness. And so it's really interesting that these two genres are the highest return on investment. Right. Meaning, and, but it's it, the reason it's interesting to me. Yes. Is because I think a bad horror film and a bad Christian film do the exact same thing, yep. just inverse of each other. Yes. Meaning, I think that a bad Christian film 
sees only the good, paints over all yeah. the darkness in the world, or tries to hide it and push it into a corner, pretends that it doesn't exist, yeah. and sees only the good in the world. Yeah. And a bad horror film sees only the bad, celebrates yeah. the evil, celebrates the, the, the terrible things. And I think what a good horror film can actually do is expose evil. In fact, yes. one of the genre, one of the, I don't know, the, genre, the, the types of horror or scary movies that I like the best is when it's people coming to grips with what the evil is, yeah. naming it, just finding out about it so they can defeat it. If that's not a Christian thing, I don't know what it is. That's Absolutely. what Jesus came to do. He came and confronted evil. Right. He showed and showed the reality of evil. He didn't try to hide it, pretend it wasn't there. He showed the reality of evil, what it did, that it, it, yep. it killed, uh, destroyed. Um, uh, what, what's the verse? I have come to, uh, he's come to the steal, kill, kill and destroy. destroy. Yeah. yeah. I've come to bring life. That is a horror movie in, in yes. a sentence. That's a good horror movie because Jesus came to, to show the evil, to reveal the evil for exactly what it is and then conquer it. And so I think that horror movies, if done right, can do that exact thing. Yeah. It's not hiding away from you. It's showing you the evil and it's, rea and it's reality and then it's concrete. And that's what I think is a beautiful thing that horror movies can do. I agree. So let's start a couple things. Well, like give some examples, you would say, of it being done right and of it being done badly. Um, and then also like how people can tell maybe mm. if before they watch, like which kind of horror movie it's going to be. I think they should just read your reviews. <laughs> of course. I was hoping <laughs> you'd say that. Yes. No, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, like, beyond that, I was like, it is really important. Again, if you are going to be trying to be a good consumer of things sure. to find people, reviewers that you trust. I think one of the, the difficult, the problems, and this is sort of a, a pet peeve I have right now. A lot of the people in Christian criticism right now who know enough about films to be able to discern this is a film that's glorifying versus evil versus not and yeah. who, uh you know there's there's christian reviewers who are like oh it's all bad because it had you know had sex and it had violence it's like but the people who are actually able to define well here's the difference between the two have so much clear disdain for Christian audiences yeah. that Christians won't listen to them. And so I think but I think it is important as viewers to like find people that you do trust to to who you can say, say, oh, this person knows the difference between them that I can look and and see if this movie is actually glorifying to God. So I think that is important, but that's a whole longer project. To well to answer your question, I totally agree. Um and you should come to us for all your Exactly. Uh, yes. Suggestions. <laughs> but as far as, I don't want to give my blessings and curses away, but as far as right. good examples of how this is done, um, that's a great question. Um, if you, you know, want, I can go first and then you can think about it while I'm doing it. Well, <laughs> I, I remember watching a movie a little while ago called The Conjuring. And, and we mm. talked about this in the Yes, we have talked about The Conjuring, too. yep. But um, the reason I like this movie is because it treats evil for what it is. Yep. It is evil. It also, it unmasks evil and reveals it in, in a way that shows reality of what it yeah. is. In the reality of what it can do to people. Right. Right. So I liked that aspect. And then on top of that, it shows people fighting against it. Right. They learn about what the evil is so they can fight against and overcome it. So I think that's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. Um, and that's why the movie was really great and strong for me. And it did really well in the box office. People really yeah. responded to it. Interestingly enough, it was all about uh, a lot of Christian imagery in it. And it did amazingly in both secular and Christian audiences. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I mean Christians you know should really think about is the fact that within certain genres of horror like Christian elements explicit Christian elements are baked into there like particularly exorcism and vampire movies. And goodness and evil. And goodness and yes. evil. Yes. But like you know goodness and evil like there you could but like specifically Christian imagery of the yeah. exorcist 
uh, and and the vampire slayer are very explicitly Christian. I mean, he's yelling, "The power of Christ compels, compels you. you!" Exactly, and it's this whole thing about even in not explicitly horror films. A lot of times, there's this element of there's an alien evil. The evil is alien to us, which it talks about the human dignity of, you know, we are not made broken. Sin is something that has broken us, but there is something innately good about the world and about this. But so it's alien, but it's something we're also helpless against unless we access a higher power. And that's, that's, and that's in, you know, again, like the exorcism and vampire movies, but also movies like, you know, Poltergeist and like others yeah. of, the, of those. Again, it's a family fighting against something. Precisely. But, you know, it, something happened. I don't know when it was. And mm, it's what yeah. you talked about is. It's not fighting evil, it's reveling in it. Yes. And it's, does this movie glorify evil? And I, maybe it was in the 90s. I, I can't, I don't have no historical sure. commentary on this, but I did notice as I looked through the, whole, the famous horror movies. Right. Uh, the years, there was something, um, it, this can probably be traced back to the, the, the Freddy's and the Friday 13th, so all those right, kind of yeah. things. But when I was growing up, it, it was Saw movies right. were coming out. And, and to this day, I haven't seen one of the Saws. And at first, it was because I wasn't allowed to. Because <laughs> I grew up Because you had good parents. That's right. <laughs> and now, as someone who even likes scary movies, I don't want to. Right. Um, there's a couple others. Hostel, all these you know, movies. Right. And it was really, as someone aptly said, pornography of violence. Right. And pornography of torture and, and terrible, mm-hmm. awful things. You're not watching it to see good win. Right. Or to see evil um, uh, unmasked. What you're watching is to just revel in the most base parts of our yeah. humanity. And I mean, Saw is all about a guy who just tortures people and don't give me the, yeah. well, it's for moral reasons. No, it's not. We watch him just torture so, people in terrible I will ways. Say, I have for the first time this year watched the first Saw movie. Wow. What do and you think? I don't know. So it's well done, but here's the thing. And, and this, it gets to the sort of thing is that you can tell what, whether a movie is glorifying evil or whether it's, you know, using it as a, a means to the end of glorifying good, mm. where the movie has its catharsis moments. <clears throat> That's the third of the place where, where, what I've come to. Because if the catharsis moment, if the moment of like of release is where the villain triumphs or where the person gets hurt, then it's a movie that's that is at least partly, you know, glorifying and making you giving you that vicarious satisfaction because you are getting vicarious satisfaction through the the pain and suffering of others and again and like, especially if you think oh they deserve it so exactly it. which which is another thing the saw movies kind of do they're yeah. kind of like these people kind of deserve to get this so but you if, can enjoy it now. so you can enjoy it i'll say like you know science of the lambs tries to play both ends with this interesting because on the one hand it is about a, a woman who is catching a killer but on the other hand, you know, there are a lot of moments that place you in the point of view of Hamble Lecter and, and, enjoy, and enjoy him specifically kind of humiliating and degrading her. And she, the, one of the big catharsis moments, spoiler alert, is where she kind of – he wins in their exchange and she gives him what he wants in order to you know, save the day. And that's one of the most famous women. Yes, exactly. And there, there are moments where they put you in the point of view of the killer while they're stalking the victim and things like that. And it's just, just a lot of things where they place you vicariously to enjoy the, uh, being the, the, being the, the killer and sort of like, Oh, and when Hannibal Lecter gets away, you're get thrilled because you know, the cop, the prison guards were kind of abusive anyway, and things like that. On the other hand, you have a movie like, which is probably the first horror movie I really enjoyed. You have a movie like, it chapter one, not it chapter two, because that does not exist. <laughs> but it chapter one is is all about kids who live in a small town 
with adults who try to pretend that there isn't evil lurking there. Wow. And they have to come to realize themselves about what evil is in that town and band together and fight it themselves because their parents won't protect them. Wow. And it's like, good lord like this the commentary in that you don't even have to like talk about you know you don't have to that's great yeah and it's like and that's a beautiful story to tell about and, and children it, overcoming abuse is like that's yeah. a beautiful story worth telling that doesn't you know try to glorify what what's the the pennywise the clown does it's like no this is an evil thing and you're relating to children trying to overcome that well i think there's something in horror movies and I, and you know i used to feel guilty for enjoying these movies but as yeah. i as i do some introspection and yeah. some study. I'm looking and one of the things, one of the reasons I like horror movies is because they embody the darkness. They, yeah. they metaphorically embody the darkness that I face in my life. Exactly. And the character gets to win out over it. Precisely. And, and it's redemption. It's what the whole, the Christ story is about. It's about redemption. Right. It's about conquering the darkness, being an overcomer. And so I think in some of my darker times in life, I have felt a darkness. I have felt an evil. I felt... Um, things go wrong in my life. And when I watched a scary movie, it was, you know, whether it's personified in a, in a ghost or a right. monster, whatever it is, I was able to, for an hour and a half, see in, in some way, shape, or form, my darkness personified and me as a lead character, yeah. watching the connecting lead character overcome it. It almost right. gave me hope that I yes. can overcome the darkness and escape and overcome the monsters in my yeah. own life. It really is. And in many cases, you know, just like the true crime genre, it is therapy mm. it's, it's therapy because you get to experience the thing in a safe environment and learn how you're actually able to overcome it yes and 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 it helps you think of figure out ways to think about it figures out a tell gives you a story to tell about it well there's something called story therapy that's yes. very popular right now which is literally helping people put their lives in the context of story yeah and i think that happens when sometimes when we watch the right horror or scary precisely movies, we can put our own fear angst the monsters and our the monsters and demons and ghosts in our own life right in a con in a in a characterized version and we can watch them be overcome which in turn gives us the courage and the wherewithal to go and overcome our own demons yeah um so i think it's it's interesting but i do think it's very touchy i think yes i think this is not um, I think people typically go overboard on one way or the other. No, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like people. But it's interesting as I'm thinking about like the, the horror movies that I like really are horrific and they're terrible because yeah. they show evil how it really is. Yeah. Um, but they're also the ones that have redemption. And I think about, you know, Christians have, uh, filmmakers have tried to do horror yes. a few, a few times. Um, I, 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 I guess I'll confess thy neighbor, the one I was in was not the first Horror movie. What? <laughs> but um, just blowing my mind today. Now. <laughs> I, I know, but it's interesting. They've never been well received. You know, there was one. Yeah. Um, it was based off a book by Ted Decker called Three, I believe. Okay. And it was it was a horror film, and I watched it. I actually read the book. I enjoyed the book, and I watched the film. And what was striking to me, aside from you know there was a, aesthetic yeah. and technical sure. um, uh, difficulties, but even with that aside, I watched it, and what was striking to me is they were too scared to show the true nature yeah. of evil. Christians have a fear towards facing the darkness. Yeah. And that's what God, I mean, what Jesus descended into yeah. hell. That, that, is that the, the story that the word we're taught? It's descended yeah. into hell to conquer Satan. Yep. yep. And so if you never actually show the enemy you're right. conquering or reveal the evil we are dealing with in this world. Yeah. I and mean, there's so many verses to go along with it. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. And so in that movie, I was waiting for them to show the reality of evil so that when good overcame it, it would, it have would that be more satisfying and have that power. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think you know I think also another thing I want to make sure I'm not remiss is is that we I, you know we I asked we asked a question should Christians watch horror films on our uh, our Facebook group page for the Overthinkers which if you are not part of the Overthinkers Facebook page you should be hundreds of people just like you talking about <laughs> all the stuff that us nerds are sitting here talking exactly, about exactly exactly <laughs> so if you want to engage in the conversations we have right now go to that page anyway back to my point. And a lot of the responses were not like moral responses of Christians shouldn't do, mm. but just like it, I find them too disturbing to to watch. And it's just it's like pers- people saying personally, I can't watch them because I find them very disturbing. And as I say, it's like look, it's horror films. I think are helpful if a you need a reality check about the reality of evil, but if but b even more importantly, if you have an understanding of the reality of evil and need tools to help overcome it. But if, but if it's going to introduce stuff to you that you don't need, then it's like, don't do it. Like See, that's really interesting because I have noticed in my lifetime, when I talk about horror movies and scary movies with people, the people who both love the movies mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. and are obsessed with horror movies and hate uh, horror movies the most and, and stay as far away from them as they can. Um, are almost always, I've noticed, the people who have been through the most in their lives, who yeah. have experienced the most trauma, uh, yeah. brokenness, evil in their worlds. I have found that. That is interesting. It, yeah. it is. I, I don't know why that is, but my if I had to hazard a guess, because <laughs> what we do here, um, <laughs> it would be that for the person who has experienced so much evil in their life, horror movies is a way of catharsis. Yep. This isn't surprising them. They've experienced evil in their own right, life yes. and they need to watch something where good wins. Right. Where good overcomes evil. Right. And for the people who have experienced uh, tons of, of, of trauma and darkness yeah. in their lives who don't want to watch them, it's because they don't want to revisit that. Right. And it's too hard. But it is interesting to me that the people who like uh, or hate horror movies yeah. the most adamantly are the ones who've experienced, in my, in my no, angle, I've experienced the most trauma yeah. and darkness in their own life. I think it's, it's interesting, you know, and just because we haven't brought up C.S. Lewis in a little while, um, <laughs> he, in his experiment in criticism, he wrote that if you want to know if something is a good book, look at its readers. Interesting. And I think that, you know, to a certain degree, you know, we were sort of asking, like, how do you decide, you know, if a horror film is worth watching besides just, you know, asking us and we'll tell you. Um, <laughs> one of the things I think about is that, you know, look at the people who are the biggest fans of them. Like, you know, again, if you, if you look at something like, you know, Get Out or The Invisible Man or New Invisible Man or things like that, the people who are fans there are really excited about the ideas that it's expressing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is really interesting. It's social commentary about what's going on, the way it, de- it, it explains these ideas in a very compelling way. It's all about uh, domestic abuse. Right. Exactly. Invisible Man is all about domestic abuse. abuse. And it's like, oh, like, and, and so, but, you know, if you, there are other horror films you hear, like the Saw franchise, it's like people, you, you, people like, they're like, yes, let's see the bloodlust. Let's, you know, yes. let's go. And it's like, if you see, it's like, if I would say, you know, if you see that, then it's like, maybe, I'll pass on that until I find a trusted person who says, no, this is actually really good. That may be, again, just because I know that we do have some Christians on here who are like, I want to figure out, like, I don't have time to research everything, but I want to have an idea of how to maybe discern or at least get an indicator. That might be a thing to do is look at, look at the fans of, of some of the, the of, of these things. Um, now, here's a question. I yes. Have. Um, Thank you. Um, I love I'm questions. curious. A lot of times when I was growing up, I, I heard this reflected that uh, in various places, both from the church, from Christian, sure. from media, that if kids, and by the way, I'm not asking kids watch horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> These are definitely things right. for adults. Right. But if, 
if people watch horror movies, it'll encourage them to be um, more violent, sure. more evil, yeah. more dark. And I think that I would say that goes back to, so I want to hear what you think. Yeah. Do you think horror movies encourage violence in the world? And I would, my immediate response is yes and no. Sure. Depending on the person, depending on the movie. Right. Um, it's just like the dark Knight. A lot of people went there going, well, yeah, Batman overcomes the evil Joker. Right. And a lot of people left that theater saying the Joker was so cool. Right. I want to be like him. And obviously we saw a terrible, terrible tragedy happen in Aurora, Colorado, where a man emulated the Joker yeah. degree, where he actually killed people. He was inspired by this film that was meant to show um, right. evil as something to be overcome. And he was inspired by the evil. So I do think it comes down to the person watching it. Um, are you wise enough? Are you in a place where this right. is going to be held before you? But I also think it comes down to the actual project. Is this a project that, again, glorifies evil or glorifies good? Right. So, I mean, you know, the question is, like, does it does it um, influence, you know, if kids watch it, does it influence them to be evil? I mean, like, you know, the answer is it depends. Like, you know, it depends on the movie. It's not very satisfactory. It's, no, it's not. It's a very, it's, we're, we're depressingly complex and nuanced on this show. <laughs> so it's like. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, I think, it, it, you know, again, like we, we sort of talked about, like, is it a movie that, is you can tell is intentionally glorifying of it. And if it is, then it can be sort of held responsible for influencing them. Yeah. But if it's a movie that do, is not intentionally glorifying it, then it can't and conversely be intentionally glorifies good. Exactly. And over Precisely. Then you, a person can't really, the, the art, the work of art can't be held responsible for a person making that choice because they're going to encounter they're they're disposed in that direction. Now I think that there's certain things like, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like there, there's, there is the whole thing. We know that people have tried to be, have tried to connect violent video games and violent movies to violent behavior for literally decades. Yeah. I mean, like if we're talking about that in an upcoming episode about video games. Yes. But people have been like, there has, there has been very few things that have been studies that have been funded as much as the attempt to prove the connection between violent video games mm. and violent movies and the latest mass shooting. And so if there was a connection, they would have found it by now. Yeah. But very little correlation. There's very little correlation. Um, every study show that like, you know, the, the watching and doing, does not make it move more like now what it may do, there are a couple of things that people have said that, that may do, and it will talk about much more of this than in a later episode, but one, it may make people be more vicious online because the the version of dehumanization is more similar on a screen than it is in real life. So that may be true. That's something people haven't studied as much. It also may, pe may people be able more fearful of the world we live in. Because one of the things we've talked about on this show a lot is that based on most data uh, that we have, the world is getting less dangerous, you know, violent in crime. Ways, in, yeah. Yes, yes. In, in like, you know, the kind of violence that is portrayed in, in, in horror films that like, you know, if you walk down the street, you're going to get, you know, blindsided by someone, things like that. That's getting less common, yeah. not more common. And yet while th our things are getting more violent and yet people are getting stressed and depressed and more anxious than they ever have been. So we're getting more anxious as, and, and fearful as things are getting better in that way. And it's, and that may be a part of it mm. is making people more fearful about the world than they actually need to be. And people who are fearful, overly fearful about the world, make very bad decisions yeah. about the world and how we should treat our neighbors. And so I think that there's, I think that, you know, again, 
don't introduce children to fear that level of fear that they haven't even experienced. They haven't even experienced yet before their brains are developed well enough to be able to handle and process Mm -hmm. it in Mm -hmm. a way. That's what I would say. Like, so don't like, but, but it is also like, you have to know your kid, like, has your kid gone through trauma? It might be worth, maybe there's something, because I remember as a kid, and I go back to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I was dealing with really intense mental illness as a kid that brought out a lot of darkness. Yeah. And, I remember what a lot of people found really frightening and yeah. horrific in Lord of the Rings really spoke to me because it yeah. looked like the evil. It was a personification of the evil I was experiencing in my own yeah. life. And to watch Strider, Gandalf, or yeah. Frodo step in and conquer that was yeah. really powerful for a young kids. And I think this is another sort of plug I have for homeschooling a little bit, which is, again, not for everybody. But <laughs> if you spend enough time with your kid, hmm. then you get to know, like, individual like what are they able to handle and what do they need to handle because you know there are a lot of kids who are actually going through things and we don't know it and they really would benefit from some of the catharsis that certain horror films can can give you but other kids it's just introducing stuff that they don't have any reason to handle and even yet. beyond kids i think it's something that's personal i yes. think there's going to be different things different genres yep. different movies different art forms books whatever it might be that will speak to different people in different ways. Yes. I, I do know people who, when they watch a scary movie, yeah. it sticks with them. They are scared right. of the dark. They sleep with the lights on. They right. cannot um, they cannot function as well afterwards. Yeah. It makes them more fearful of the world. I would say only engage with with a scary movie, a horror film, a uh, book, or whatever it might be, if it, at the end of it, brings you more hope, more goodness, yeah. and more inspiration to fight darkness and overcome evil. Yeah. And with that, my comments conclude. That's, you know, I would say people, I would like suggest that for the viewers, for yourself, and also to the filmmakers, Mm -hmm. like what ways as filmmakers, as artists, can you look at doing films that way? And particularly if you're Christian, how can you possibly use this genre in a way that glorifies God? Amen. All right, cool. So now <laughs> we'll get to the part which is everybody's favorite part. Actually, I don't know if it's everybody's favorite, it's part. favorite part. It sounded like something to say, but which is blesses and curses. And so now we'll get to give some examples. So now you can just know. You don't even have to figure it out yourself. You can just see what we say we bless and curse and pick those and watch those or not watch those. Let's so, do it. All right. So Nathan Clarkson, what are your horror blesses and curses this right. week? As far as scary films and horror films go... I have a few. Um, I have, I have, uh, I have, yeah, I have a few. I have tons of curses, but I'm going to relegate it to just one today. You can, you can, um, you can do a couple, but I do <laughs> want to do some, <laughs> some blesses. Um, okay, my first one is one I just saw recently. It's called Lights Out. It has hmm. Teresa Palmer. I've heard good it. things about that. And you know, I thought it'd just be kind of a fun, scary romp. What it turned out to be, you know, it's it's about a, a, a figure, a monster a demon, whatever you want to call it, who is stalking a family and uh, threatening those kind of things. And I thought this was going to be kind of a scary monster movie sure, or, yeah. or a, a spirit or whatever it is. And ultimately what it turned out to be was a family, an, an exploration in the evil and, and trauma that um, mental illness, sin in a broken world hmm. weaves through a family. And I, I don't want to give the ending away. Well, maybe I should. But because it's, it's, it, it's so poignant but mm. to what this evil is and why it exists wow. and why it's there i don't want you to spoil it because i don't want to know i want to actually watch okay, it I, I would say, <laughs> but essentially it's therapy it's, oh, wow. it's personifying trauma and as a family works through it together that's wonderful and it's a really and a, it's a really beautiful personification a way to look at 
all right, every family has their own trauma, their own right. hurts, their own brokenness. Yeah. And how can we look at that as a family and get through this together? So it's a really beautiful, interesting That's awesome. way to approach that subject of family trauma that I thought was really interesting. Um, actually, the second one's the one that came out a while ago called A Quiet Place. Oh, good one. Yeah. And again, it is a family overcoming evil. Yep. It's not even about the monster. No. It's about sacrifice. It's about community. It's about uh, unconditional love. Yeah. I mean, I, I can almost hear up just thinking about it. Oh, me too. Things. Yeah, really. This is a, a movie. You. This is a horror monster movie in which you will cry. Yes. And it is emotionally, it, it will emotionally tug you because it is so beautiful and because they don't shy away from the reality of evil. You, you never would have been able to show those beautiful examples of love. And I know we're both thinking about the same yes. one right now if you didn't have the scary monsters. Yeah. It, it, and not just scary monsters, this ultimately scary, like really yes. terribly evil because it's just such a great juxtaposition between goodness and yeah. everything that our faith stands for yes. and evil. And you have it both personified on screen in such a beautiful way and um, it's such a pro family film. It really it is. It just shows a beautiful, um, imperfect, good depictions of yeah. men, women, children, family. It's just really it's a beautiful film. Yeah. So there's I could I could go on, but a quiet place is a is a good one. It's a good place to enter. I'd say for yeah. scary films. If yeah. You wanna, if like you and it's watches a family. Like if you want to do that, if you want to enter into that, you're not into it. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, the last one is a bit more ambiguous uh, more, uh, to, to defend, so it's a little harder. Okay. But I really do, did enjoy it, and I still am trying to figure out why I enjoyed it. Okay. I'm going to find a way to justify it. Do it, do it, yeah. Um, it's called The Ring. This is a classic horror Ooh. film. I think it's been out for more than 20 Ooh, years. Ooh, yeah. Um, it, essentially, the premise is there's a videotape, uh, once you watch it, seven days after you will die, unless yes. you get someone else to watch it. Yeah. And so what I think right now is that it comes with a lot of great um, moral quandaries and yeah. ethical decisions that people have to make. It involves a woman and her son and her son sees it. What do I do? I need to save him, but do I kill someone else? Because yeah. so, and it just really is an interesting, what would you do in a situation? Right. Kind of thing. The evil is very real. It is very scary. It is yeah. very effective. So don't watch it if you are um, easily scared of yeah. these kind of things, but it is interesting to watch people struggle through, moral um uh, choices and again this goes this kind of um th this film is a kind of uh scary movie i talked about earlier where you have a few people not just um okay there's evil there they go and they try to find out what it is they go into the yeah they search it out so they can defeat it yeah they're trying to study to understand so they can defeat it. i think that's such a beautiful thing for us to look now, at so if, i think i when i watched it I really felt like it was a very nihilistic film. Interesting. That was very much like there is no hope. Mm. And so so I was very disturbed and 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 kind of put off by it. So, you know, but it is a classic film. So like, you know, if you want to check it out. And for all you film nerds, it is aesthetically beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It's a gorgeous so well shot made. and act beautiful film. Yeah. So. so like so like if you so if you want to check it out and decide what if you think it's, you know, uh, if it's a, a redemptive or yeah. not horror film, or, let or us or know. To be chastised. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. Let us know. And then my curse, um, there's a lot, but I think my curse actually is um it's kind of diluted into this one thing that will sure, yeah, encompass all of it. Yeah. Yes. So it's a show by Ryan Murphy called American Horror Story. Hmm. And it is a TV show um, that is pretty wow. much in every season. You're, you're going for the brave one. Like every, <laughs> yeah. the one everyone loves. <laughs> yeah. And funnily enough, um, I, I actually think Ryan Murphy is a really talented guy. I, oh, yeah. 
I, you know, obviously have qualms with a lot of his shows. Definitely, <laughs> For uh, a lot of different reasons. Yeah his, yeah. yeah. his philosophy and a lot of things, but I do think he's really talented. So sure. I'm not, I'm not dogging the, the style. I'm not dark, dogging even the, um, uh, the technical aspects and in right. the, the technical merits of these, uh, this show. But for me, this does what we've been talking about the whole time. Yeah. It glorifies evil. Right. Um, each season is a different season, kind of different genre, different, different setup. I've seen one and a half seasons and it was enjoyable on a technical level as well. Actors, well, yeah. it's well paced, good story. But as I look back, it glorifies evil. Hmm. It's not about people coming together and conquering darkness with light. What it is, is it's just reveling in fear yeah. and evil. And I do think that's something we do not need more of. Right no, now. no, so my not even a little bit. Is American Horror Story? Wow, that's you know, if you're gonna pick one, that was a good. I feel like it encompasses a yeah. lot. You know what yeah. I mean? No, and you didn't pick an obscure one. You picked like one that like a lot of people love, and so you know. I mean, if you want an obscure one, I watched a terrible, terrible movie called The Dinner Party a while ago. And <laughs> I, I hate picking on um, the, 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 the little guy. <laughs> yeah, like the indie films. It was. I can't. Everything about it. it was technically awful. The acting was awful. So it's like it's 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 glorifies evil and it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yes. the two sins, just morally bad, technically bad, all of the bad. bad. So just stay very far away from the dinner party. Yeah. I regret ever having clicked. Yeah, let's see what's on. I don't know. It doesn't be good. Looks exactly. Well, see now you won't. Because you won't click on it because he did and he can say, don't do it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I will go uh, same direction you. I will say, um, you know, it, it, a lot of this, you know, is sort of don't need to explain because we've gone over sort of what we think makes like a good horror film. I mentioned this. I will say, and, and some of this are, are things we've mentioned on previous podcasts, but maybe you haven't listened to our previous podcasts. So here you go. So Signs is one oh, that yes. I absolutely love. Again, it's not about Sean it, film. It's it's a it's a about a family and not even his family, a pastor who's lost his faith. I forgot who that. Are all and they're confronting their inner demons while confronting an alien invasion. And it is wow. a horror film and it is a beautiful it's it's one of my favorite faith-based films ever made. And it's not technically a faith-based film, yeah. but it is a a beautiful and amazing film that does everything that I say like a horror film should do. So if you, especially if you're a filmmaker who's a Christian who wants to know, talk about how to think about how to integrate their faith with, or if you're a viewer who wants to see something that integrates, you know, horror with your faith, this is probably the gold standard for oh, me of, of this kind of film. Now, see, I remember watching that for the first time. That movie did scare me because I watched it for like 13. Oh yeah. There's one shot. I could not fall asleep. That, it's weeks. terrifying. Yeah. But it's so good. Now, what did you think of the village? Well, around I haven't watched the village. What? I know you told me last time I'm again through October. I'm making my way through horror films. <laughs> so <laughs> the village is in my opinion, very great. A lot of people will disagree. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I will say also again, invisible man. Cause it's like, it's taking on the issue of domestic abuse and how scary that is. And using how, horror to talk about And it's subject. using horror to talk about a subject. So that's amazing, wonderful. You did The Quiet Place already, so I'm not going to do that one. I already mentioned- We'll just keep on talking about how great it is. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't do that. Um, I will say that for my uh, for my curses, I will do a couple, I will do, I'll do three, but one is sort of combined. I will say the Friday the 13th and Saw franchises. Now I'll say I will have not seen all of them, so maybe there's some in there that you can say, no, this one is not like that. And I'll watch that one and see, you know. But they they are, when I talk about the catharsis points, 
you know, where it's like where you feel the satisfaction, the release. It's all when the people getting tortured who kind of deserve it. Mm. And and so it does make you feel the enjoyment of of that kind of, you know, dehumanization of people. I also say, like, you know, Friday the 13th, like that whole slasher genre, it was is sort of credited with people sort of changing the slasher genre into something that is like, oh, we know people are watching this so they can laugh at the, you know, teenagers who have sex and then get murdered. And that's mm. why they made the teenagers not have characters that you got to know and love. Because you just wanted to revel in Because you wanted to revel their in their death. And it's like that, that those kind of movies are are the movies that make that are that are harmful to your soul. Because anything that makes you look at um God's creatures and want to have satisfaction in hurting them is harmful to your soul. Destruction of, of his image. Yes, destruction of his so image. Those are the movies that those are the horror movies that Christians Christian. should not watch. Exactly. You're exactly. Your first folks. Yes. <laughs> We're taking stands here. Yeah, no one's ever said you shouldn't watch Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um and then what was it? There's Oh yes, and then I'll say I'll get I'll because that's low hanging fruit. I'll say The Love Witch, which is a movie. It's like God, it was very critically acclaimed. Came out a few years ago, and essentially about you know a witch who you know seduces men and leaves them committing suicide afterwards. Oh, so like a great sounds great, film. exactly. A lot and of family friendly, a lot of friendly in values in there, and it's like you know, and they they tried to make it like oh this is like really feminist and all this kind of stuff, but it really was celebrating you know destroying people for your own mm. and having de- sexual dominion over them for your own satisfaction. It's like, which is not something that we should Again, be celebrating. Glorifying evil. Exactly, glorifying. And, it, and the thing is, it was it was doing the thing that people do, which is it said, was saying like, because they preached particular things, they tried to make you think, no, it was a pro good things message. But that you don't look at what people say their values are in the film. Mm. Look at the film itself and it's the point, it's catharsis points, the points that make it say, here's where you feel satisfaction and release. And it was a very evil glorifying film. Interesting. So I think we figured this subject we out. We have figured it out. We're so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> we should start a podcast. Yeah, we totally should. <laughs> yeah. People call us to speak someplace. Yeah. You know, <laughs> pay exorbitant fees to have us give yeah. our opinions. Oh man, if only right. one day. One day. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, all right. Well, thank you everybody for coming. Uh, do you have anything if people want to uh, reach out to you? Where can people go, Nathan? People can get a hold of me at my website, nathanclarkson.me. Please send me a message. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, you can also find me on social media. Uh, just search my name, Nathan Clarkson. And you can um, find out more about us in this podcast uh, and connect with us uh, both at theoverthinkerjournal.com. Um, starting next year, we're going to have up articles every month. We promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right now, we have one really great article. It is a really great article, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. But you can find out a little more about us. You can get in touch with us um, and just uh, connect. We love connecting with great people. Also, please, we mentioned earlier, check out the Overthinkers group on Facebook. It's a private group of um, people who listen to this podcast and are just generally interested in these these questions about life and ethics and philosophy and faith and art and creativity. And it's been really fun. We have hundreds of people there now. And we have so discussions yeah. every day. We have a lot of fun content. It's just really a lighthearted, um, goodwill place. People share memes and they post pictures that celebrate great works of art and then yeah. ask deep questions. It's really wonderful. The discussions so are amazing. And I'm finding it's one of the only places right now on the internet for me where no one's yelling at each other yeah. and no one hates each other. You're just discussing these big interesting ideas while loving art and philosophy and yeah. all these things. So please check out the Overthinkers group. It's a lot of fun. We'd love to have you. Um, also, 
uh, please leave this podcast a review and share it with a friend. If you have a friend who's interested in these kind of questions and discussions, we love getting new people and reviews really help us get the podcast out there to more people. So please leave us a review. It means so much um, if you've enjoyed this podcast. Awesome. And if you want to get in touch with me, I am also on all the socials. Just search for me. And if you can't find me, then email us at Overthinkers Journal and I will tell you where you can find me. Also, you can go to my website at josephholmstudios.com. And they can read some reviews that you've written about films. Yes, at um, overthinkers, overthink, overthinkingfilms.com. And also uh, search my name at Religion Unplugged. Uh, where I just I uh, do st- write stories about uh, about religious related films. So a lot of Christian films. If you might, maybe the one that you like is on there. <laughs> Probably not because I haven't written a lot yet. But, uh, but but start checking it out because if you do need someone, a voice you can trust in in film, this is a guy. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you everybody so much for tuning in. And remember, as always, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. <laughs>